Hi there, I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of Live Healthy, and this is the Live Healthy podcast. Each week we interview health and wellness leaders and talk about all the things that are good for you, which you can also read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women in the UAE. And now, here's this week's guest. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm very good. So you're coming to Dubai. You're expanding Roar to Dubai. What brought that on? I know. Super, super excited. Um, I don't know. We we wanted to go abroad. We wanted to expand abroad for a long time. And we weren't entirely sure where we were going to go. And we were always thinking about it and always talking about it and just discussing what the options might be. And then funnily enough, I think it was because of lockdown, we ended up spending a bit more time here. We've been here plenty before, but we ended up spending extended period of time here because it was one of the only places you could go. (laughs) Um, And we just really fell in love with it. And we just decided very quickly, actually, and we moved fast. As soon as we made that decision, we were like, all right, let's go. Decision made. And I mean, did, did you check out the landscape, the gym landscape before you did it? Had you been using gyms here? Like, what were your thoughts? Oh, yeah. So we, we always use gyms here. When we're on holiday, I'll always, I'll always train and I'll always scope it out. And I think when you own this business, you're always thinking about it. You know, it doesn't matter where you are. You're always thinking and you're looking and seeing if people do something good or, you know, something that can inspire you. So it's always in the back of your head. Um, so I think over the, over the last few years, we've kind of taken a lot of that in already. So I think I've got a, a fairly good grasp on what, what Dubai has to offer. Okay. So how does Roar fit into, yeah, what's unique about it? Like, tell me all about it, what it's going to have well, I and think where it is, where it is too. Yeah. Yeah. We're on, so we're downtown. We're on the boulevard, um, in the Burj Vista. So an amazing location you know you can see the you can see the Burj and it's such a beautiful street and we have this huge hoarding up at the moment um but you can you know you can see us from the street which always you don't get that in London you don't get windows very often in gyms um so natural light you know is a is a real luxury um but yeah it's it's huge you know it's a it's a lovely space and actually it was the first one that we looked at we looked at a few um, and that was the first one that we that we viewed and we liked it straight away and it made sense for us. So we put an offer in and, and it all happened very quickly. Okay. And tell me everything that's going to be there. Like what, what should we be excited about? So we, I mean, I don't know how much you, you know about Raw, but we're private personal training only. Okay. So people only ever training with their trainer. Um, people come to us for all different reasons and they come with their own goals and ultimately we facilitate them you know you have an expert in each area doing what they really do best so you have your trainer you have somebody doing your movement screening you have your nutrition coach so you have somebody doing what they do best looking after all of those things to bring it all together so you have a team of people looking after you um so and we're strength training so we don't have any cardio equipment or the traditional cardio equipment um, so we're strength and conditioning focused to get people the results that they come for. 
And what do they, okay. So what's your opinion about that? Cause I'm so, you know, I'm Gen X and we spent an hour and a half on the Stairmaster and I still have a hard time getting that. Oh, out of my mind. <laughs> it's terrible. Like, oh. Go walk, go for a walk, you know, especially yeah. here. Um, the weather's lovely. I mean, at the moment, obviously, maybe not in uh, July, August, but um, yeah. So well, I just think you don't pay a trainer to watch you run on a treadmill. You know, if if you want to do that stuff, then by all means you can. Um, but yeah, I just think that you can you can do that by yourself. That you don't need yeah. a trainer. You're getting everything out of that hour you have with your trainer, um, and you should be learning. You know, the education process is huge. The more you learn, the more likely you are to keep implementing those things when when you leave us. So it's a big a big part of it. So there's a lot of emphasis on strength strength and weight training and the science is coming more and more that this is what prevents us from future disease, including dementia and Alzheimer's. And you're probably doing it more for like people's health now, but why is that the focus and why should it be the focus for people to be strong, to get that muscle? Well, I mean, that's always been the case, right? It's just that people, but now they know, you know, our bodies haven't changed The, the same things for working you know, however many years ago, but it's, you know, our knowledge is improving and, and the general public is really learning what works for them. Um, and it's so important to be, to be strong. If you think it doesn't matter what you want to do, even if you, even if you want to be a runner, if you're stronger and each push is easier or your top speed is faster, which requires power and strength, then your cruise speed is faster. So being strong crosses over into everything else that you want to do. If you are particularly weak or you have weaknesses or you're not strong, you can't train very hard. Your level is lower, you know, your intensity goes down. So you can only train in one area. You know, you can't train through different areas of your fitness and you can't create that intensity. So even if you think of it like, I don't know, just say a burpee um, and I'm doing burpees and my friend is doing burpees and maybe she's not as strong as me. So when she jumps or she's not as powerful. So when she jumps, she only just leaves the floor and she can probably do that, you know, all day. Um, yeah. but 10 burpees and I jump a meter off the floor. I'm absolutely on the floor, can't breathe. My heart rate is through the roof, but I might be fitter and stronger than her, but I can make myself more tired. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for longevity, uh, for me, is longevity. You know, if yeah, you're strong now, obviously that will last you and everything in your life is easier. I want to be able to do everything forever. You know, I don't want to get old and tired. So the stronger you are, the easier everything is. Yeah, and I think people don't realize that once your health starts to deteriorate, I'm seeing this in my cohort now, you know, if you don't do this stuff, when it starts to deteriorate, it's very hard to get it back. And of course, look yeah. after yourself. You know, nothing more important than your own health. But how do you think, I mean, you have all these celebrity clients. What have you learned from them? What do you, what do you? <laughs> um, I mean, way, not personal details. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, think, I think you can learn from everybody, right? Everybody knows something that, that you don't know. And I think we're really, we're really lucky with our clients. I think we, 
we attract really lovely people. I know that sounds, you know, um, maybe on the hippie side, but we really do. You know, we really care about people and we attract lovely people. And I don't I don't care where they're from or who they are. We have a really special community where everybody's important. Um you instantly have something in common with the people you're around. So if you're, there's only ever, you know, around 10 people on the gym floor because it's private and exclusive and special all the time. Um, and everybody talks to each other. Everybody's there to help encourage each other. And, you know, people enjoy seeing other people achieve and enjoy seeing people get stronger. Um, so it is a really nice, and that happens a lot in the fitness industry. That's a, a really nice part of, of this industry is that you do have something in common and you're all trying to achieve something. So it's, mm -hmm. it's a very supportive environment. Have you had celebrity interest in Dubai? Um, yeah, we've had some, it depends what you call celebrity. You know, I just think people are people and there's a difference between telly celebrity and Instagram celebrity and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, everybody's, everybody's welcome. But I think what happens is when you have somebody with profile, other people with profile that maybe they're nervous or they don't know what they're letting, letting themselves in for, um, it makes them feel safe. So like I said, if they think, oh, that person's there, it's it's okay for them. So, you know, I'll be all right. There's no cameras on the gym floor. You know, people aren't using their phones. Um, so you're kind of left in peace. And like I said, everyone's there just to get the job done. People are there to work out. So, you know, people with prefer that might normally get bothered, get left alone. But I do think Dubai is a little bit London in that respect as well, though. What? How so? Well, I mean, the press, I think, are very different. There's a very di It seems to be, anyway, I haven't been here very long, but it seems to be a different approach. And the way that, you know, some people that I've spoken to with Profile, the way that they get approached by the press is, is different as well. So it seems, I don't want to say the wrong thing about the British press because they're all very lovely to me. Um, but I think it just seems to be uh, maybe a little nicer or softer over here. Oh, 100%. I mean, I've been here for 14 years, but when I moved, I, I started to think, because uh, I worked for a newspaper for a long time in arts and life, and I started to think it must be great for celebrities here because um, you they slip in and out all the time. And I don't, there's, I, I mean, I'm sure some people come and photograph them, but I don't think you're like chased around. I don't think it's, you know, by paparazzi and stuff like that. Like, it's just not really allowed. So yeah. I think the first Raw did so well was because we were we were really underground. It was kind of speakeasy. I had no sign outside. I didn't ever want to feel like if a celebrity left and they were photographed outside because, you know, someone had followed what they'd said online or something. It was never going to be anything to do with me. It doesn't benefit me if someone takes a picture of you in the street. There's no Raw sign behind them. So people knew that, again, it was a safe space. And I think... Yeah, I think that was why initially Raw One did so well because we had so many faces and so many people loving it and talking about it that that kind of snowballed and that really did help launch us. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you, uh, elite athletes, uh, celebrities, people whose bodies, you know, they work on their bodies. I think the rest of people sometimes look and think, well, you have to do that and you're used to it and it's easy for you. Other people, you know, who are, working, it's very hard for them to make taking care of themselves a priority. And even very high functioning, like executives, there's, you know, there's loads of people who just can't get these puzzle pieces together. 
how do you help those people? Cause you're, you know, you're helping people do that too. What, how do you help? Like, do you have any wisdom for the rest of us kind of thing? Well, I just think you do have time, right? I know it sounds like I'm maybe a bit unsympathetic because, you know, people are so busy, but you know, a lot of people are busy and you might think that you're too busy because you're not prioritizing yourself. It's so important. You deserve it. You deserve to feel good. You deserve to give yourself an hour to work out, you know, and you do, like I said before, you do have to look after yourself and people don't, you know, sometimes people take it for granted until it's taken away from them. So you might feel like you're too busy, but I think it's, an, it's just a non-negotiable. You have to find time and it just has to be what you do there's always someone busier there's someone busier that manages to work out than you you know you just it depends how important it is to you and sometimes for people it's not important until you know things start to go wrong and they really do need to address it and then it becomes more difficult well it creates time too doesn't it like when you do it it's it makes I don't know it makes time expand for me when I'm exercise when I exercise regularly I have more time more productive as well Mm -hmm. you know for sure you become more productive. There's, you know, there's studies saying if you work out at lunchtime, productivity goes up. So then there was quite a long time ago they did this, but then there was a real push for corporations to encourage and facilitate people to train at lunchtime so that, um, you know, their workers were happy, but also they would do better in the afternoon instead of that slump you can get after your lunch. Yeah, they don't see very, I've, that has never caught on and I don't understand why. I think it would be such an attractive thing for you to offer employees if they could work out at lunch. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think some people do. I think that has been taken on board by, by quite a lot of companies, but it's, yeah, it's a shame. It's not, it's not more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It'd be great. Costs and it's a lot of thought and time and things you have to put in place. And then, you know, once you've done it, then you can see how well it works, but you know, it's maybe a bit of a risk for some people. I should get into those companies and everybody why it's so important. Yes, definitely. Okay. So everyone's talking about metabolism. How, you know, what are your metabolism boosting rules? Like not no tips, like what are people doing wrong? What should we be doing? Well, you know, it's, it's one of these things. It's, it's very, very difficult to measure. So you don't actually know. So, you know, you can tell people to do things and if it's, if you can't measure it, then people, um, aren't necessarily motivated to to keep doing them Um, but I think you have to look at your health in general um, and really think about optimizing your health it's not just not being sick but you know trying to get the most out of your body so if you're exercising you know your nutrition is huge you know under eating is there's all this sort of calories in versus calories out conversations that happen all the time and everybody's told they need to be in a calorie, calorie deficit and they're always trying not to eat and you can't, you know, where does that, where does that lead? You can't just eat less and less and less or spend the whole time trying not to eat and trying to exercise more. You know, it needs to be a little more structured than that. It should be, you know, you should eat to perform in your training and eat to recover um, and eat for optimal health. Make sure that the food that you're eating is nourishing your body. You know, it's not just, well, I'll eat this 10 calorie 
jelly that has no nutritional value whatsoever that probably upsets your stomach a little bit um you know you need to look at things a little a little deeper than that and really think about looking after yourself first and then all of those things whether it's your gut health or your metabolism or how much um you know how much muscle you have you know you put muscle on obviously your metabolism goes up the the amount of calories you burn at rest increases so ultimately that's the best things that you can do for that and it's all obviously comes back to strength training but weight training strength training increasing your muscle not being scared of that of that word you know a lot of women still will say tone they want they want to be toned but they don't want to be muscular it's the same thing you know it's the same thing um it's just having more muscle and maybe less fat um, i don't know i see some people who go to crossfit every every single day it seems like and sometimes they have a look that i do not want that's yeah. like that won't happen by mistake either. They they're there deliberately and they want that, you know. They want that. Just, yeah. But just because you do CrossFit doesn't mean you're going to look like a CrossFit athlete necessarily. You need the genetics for one, um, and it needs to be deliberate. It takes time, so you yeah. won't wake up in the morning. And go, oh no, what happened? Um, you know, it's it's you know weeks, months, years of training in a in a certain way and eating in a certain way to deliberately achieve that so like how it was going you know, thought, you know what I'm feeling like I'm putting on do something different change it you know you mentioned not- you you mentioned calories in calories out and I find this is such a contentious thing because it's really it is calories in calories out but it's also not like it's you mentioned nourishment but there's so many trainers still that will just say like speak in terms of what you eat and what you burn and that also seems like something that I thought about 30 years ago when I was on the stairmaster for 90 minutes burning off calories so I could eat whatever yeah it's part of it you know knowing how many calories you eat obviously if you if you eat lots and lots of calories um or you're eating too- calories you can gain weight and if you reduce your calories you can lose weight but not necessarily what how how does that apply to a 55 year old woman who's going through menopause and eats a thousand calories a day and goes on an hour run and hasn't lost weight for months what are you gonna if that person came in and what would you tell them to do eat less you're gonna tell them to eat 800 calories a day no and although that might be a slightly rare case it, it happens all the time so you have to think about who you're talking to. And I think the, the calories versus calories, it's just one thing, but it's obviously become quite popular on social media. Because um, it's easy. It's an easy thing to say, but you have to look at people individually. Um, well, you know, if I mean, even muscular and maybe he eats plenty of food. If he drops 500 calories a day, he probably is going to get leaner and lose weight. But not everybody's case is as simple as that. And what are your calories made of? And where is that going to go long term if that was the answer we'd only need weight watchers that would that would be it they would have they'd have the monopoly and no you know and that would be what everybody did but it doesn't work like that our bodies are far more complicated well you mentioned menopause and i'm 52 i'm going through all those changes and i so for the last couple of years since i've known that you know i interview trainers and it's always the guys like I'm talking like people who own gyms or trainers, I'll say, you know, do you account for any hormonal changes? And they always do this like little sort of slightly condescending. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's calories in calories out. And it makes me crazy because a woman in her forties, can you just talk about that a little bit? It's, or even late thirties, like it's, it's a little bit of a different story, right? 
Well, you know, hormones impact you hugely. And menopause is, is that time where those changes can be the greatest. And there are huge changes going on in your body. And it's, you know, it's, it's never just down to, to food. This is the time when you really need to start weight training and make sure that, you know, you've got hold of that and making sure that you're increasing your bone density and everything is super, super important. Um, sorry, what, go back to the question. I was just well, going just, off. How does it impact? It's okay. How does it impact when you're in your late thirties, forties? Like how do your hormones start impacting women? Cause there's a lot of women of that age here. And I don't think they're always aware that, yeah, well, of the changes in our body and how that's impacting how they train. Yeah. So I do think it's a, it is a time where this thing seems to be happening to your body is very hard to get to grips with it. And if you're, if you're taking medication and you have these hormones and it does, it does affect your body. Um, and by the time you think you've got your head around one thing or one, you know, side effect, there's, you know, there's like 60, there'll be and it changes. It's not just, oh, I suffer from these things, you know, that changes all the time. So, you know, it's a really, it's a really tough thing. And finally, people are starting to talk about it a little bit more. You need to make sure that you spend more time recovering and recovery becomes more important. It becomes slower and it's harder to recover. So you need to focus on that and not just do the hard work and, you know, then go and drink or not sleep or, you know, you have to think about all the things that really look after your body at the same time to make sure you're getting the most out of your training still. You know, the yeah. older we get after ourselves more, you do have to think about it more. You've got to put a bit more effort in. Um, but we're also a little bit wiser. So. Yeah, it just takes a little, it takes a minute to realize that the things that you did before just don't don't work as well and you need to do new things you know yeah it's it's neat to hear you bring it up you start to you know in your 20s it, you know things start to slow down um and you know it's hard after the age of 30 you see with athletes you see how much harder it is for them to recover from injuries and that only gets harder as you get older so like I said you just have to really think about optimal health think about how to really look after yourself and um and give your body what it deserves Okay. So you're very pop. You mentioned social media. You're very popular on social media and active. What drives you nuts on there about fitness and nutrition? What, what do you see that you're like, Oh, um, I think, well, I think the, one of the biggest problems with social media, and this probably goes for all industries is that you're talking, you have no idea who you're talking to when you post. So it's very difficult what, to not give specific advice you want to help people like I want to help people I, you know I love making people feel better and you know motivating them but I I do focus quite a lot on motivation rather than and there's a bit of education stuff in there but like I said you don't know how people are how people are taking it or who's listening so people will always always ask me things like you know what I eat in a day and that's a really popular thing on social media but it's like you shouldn't eat what I eat right you know I can help you explain different different elements of nutrition but it's how you apply it so you can't just you know blanket um advice for people there's no off-the-shelf plan that works for anybody and it's designed you know those things are designed for everyone so i just think i mean i just try to be really careful with the information and advice i give and i just try and make it information rather than advice and people always say oh what weight should i lift like i don't know what you do um <laughs> don't do what I'm doing just you've got to work you know you have to work it out for yourself a little bit so and it's impossible to help everybody on an individual basis so I think it's trying to avoid really direct advice if someone's saying you should do this then I'd probably move on <laughs> and just 
you know, becoming more educated and listening to people who sound like they know what they're talking about, but just getting more information, not just looking for the one answer that is going to help you achieve the thing that you're looking for, because it's not just down to. Well, this is what I've noticed. I think this is, you know, I'm not, I'm not too worried about a lot with social media. I love it, but I am worried when I, you know, it is, you, you can build a very large following by pandering to that that people want to be told what to do. They want things to be simple. You know what they want. So you can keep delivering them that content. You can do what I eat in a day and not be responsible about it. And that's the thing that is worrisome because there, you know, there's people out there who will go do it. Of course. And you, like I said, you don't know who's listening and you don't know how that can be impacting them. So I think just trying to keep it just general information and always encouragement you know, I like to try and inspire and encourage and tell people that they can do what they want to do and everything without telling them exactly how to do it. Because people do need to work things out for themselves a little bit. That's where it's going to that's where you're going to be able to maintain when you can really learn for yourself and work things out. And, you know, the more information you have, the more likely you are to keep doing those things if you know why you're doing it. OK, I was talking to a friend about this the other day because even like celebrities that you see rock rock and bodies in movies and athletes like yourself, you're, are you in tip top condition all the time? Like I was listening to an athlete the other day in a podcast and she said, you know, like an off season, I, I get softer. Like people don't see that part of me. So I just wanted to know about that. Like, do you have the ebb and flow that might mirror our ebb and flow? <laughs> um, no, no. <laughs> But it depends what you consider a tip-top condition because I'm not an Olympic athlete anymore. I can't do right. much of what I used to be able to do. And that goes for, you know, for everything. And, um, and your priorities change. And there are things that I think are really important to me now that weren't important then. My health is more important. When performance was important as an athlete, I didn't care if I was unhealthy. I didn't care what I was doing to myself or how you know damaging what I was doing might be. I just wanted to win. And that was all that matters. Now, I don't need to be the strongest person in the world I don't need to skate fast you know I I want to I look at longevity and I want to be healthy and as strong as I can for as long as I can so my priorities have changed um but I don't I I tend not to go up and down um I found a place where I'm comfortable and happy and I found a way to maintain that and it's not extreme you know once you're there it's easier to maintain than to get there in the first place um so, you know, I eat chocolate every day. I don't train an awful lot. I train three times a week. I walk, I stay active, but I don't train really hard anymore because with that comes injuries or, you know, a little risk. And, and I have lots of old injuries from my sports. So I do have to be kind of careful and I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I, so have, part I, I have, a, sorry. Sorry. So it's part, it's part of my routine and part of my life. And it's just, it's just what I do. And I exercise most days, but I don't, I don't train particularly hard, but I just like to stay feeling good all the time. I have a friend who was on the British, uh, she was an Olympian as well. She was, she did, uh, what I, the name is escaping me, um, synchronized swimming. And back then it was very unhealthy. Like, I don't think people realize, like you just said, I didn't really care. I just wanted to win. It, I don't think people know that. I mean, I think people do know of some of it, but did you do unhealthy things you had to recover? So, I mean, you have to be, you have to be healthy to perform, right? So if you were, 
if you are sick or to that, that point of unhealthy, then are you going to be one of the best in the world? Probably not. Um, but there are things that I think well, I wouldn't do now. I prioritize my health over everything, but I still wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I don't train six to nine hours a day. That's not necessary. Um, and it was very hard to recover from. I was, my quality of life was quite low. You know, I was exhausted all the time. My legs hurt all the time. My toes were black. So my big toes were black for six years with frostbite. That's not healthy. It's not healthy to be walking around with your feet in agony, but you don't even care. It's just part of what you do. You know, you just accept it because you can't fix it. So you just crack on. But if that was happening now, I would stop. I would change what I was doing. If something I was doing was, you know, turning my hands black, I wouldn't do it anymore. Um, this is a silly example, but an example of that. And what's harder, uh, competing in the Olympics or running in your own company? Um, I mean, I, I work hard, right. And I'll apply myself to the best I can, no matter what I was doing. Um, winning the Olympics is harder than running your own company. Um, but I didn't do that. So, um, I think it's, it's hard to compare the two, obviously, but I think I've always been very lucky in the fact that I've done what I've wanted. I did speed skating because I loved it and I wanted to do it. And it wasn't, it wasn't a job. It was, you know, it, I, it was just what I wanted to do. And it's the same with this. I wouldn't do this and put myself, you know, through this and, you know, the sleepless nights and the long days and all that stuff. You know, you don't get a day off as a business owner. Lots of people will understand that. Um, I wouldn't do that if I didn't love it. It doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like a job. It's just what I do. And I wouldn't do anything different. So you know, it's the things about it that's hard, but I don't mind. Okay, well, Roar DXB coming, uh, coming to Dubai, and we'll be open soon. You'll see the hoarding there, and uh, yeah, what when's it opening? Second of Jan. So second Great. of January, come back from Christmas, open the doors, and we're off. And start laying on that muscle and nourishing yeah. yourself. Thank you so yeah. much for talking all about it. I hope wish you the best. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks so much for having me. That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the Live Healthy Podcast.